Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Out of Odds, a podcast from Building 28 Church. Welcome back to Out of Woo! Us. Merry Christmas. Indeed. Oh, we should have started the episode like we've done before with some, some Christmas Christ. music in the background. Redo, redo. Okay, just kidding. Welcome back to Out of Us, a Building 28 Church podcast where we discuss the fantasies and fallacies of modern day Christian culture and Christmas and holidays mm-hmm. with conviction, compassion, and courage. Courage. And sweaters. And Christmas cheer. And Christmas This is Danny Van, <laughs> your occasional host, yep. coming more frequent. This is Rai Rai. She is our worship resident here, her first episode ever. Debut. This, this is, is Chris Kringle over here to my left, Adam Powers. And um, okay, look, I'm just going to be honest. We have to go quick today, a little quick. Just the last episode of this season, other than the Q&A, which is coming next week. Last episode, and we want to have fun. I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. I'm going to let Santa Santa out of the chimney. I'm a big <laughs> Christmas guy here. I'm a all big Christmas us, guy. All of us. I think we all are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, Christmas people. These are not guys. But there is a groundswell within Christianity, especially within the Reformed world today. Uh, but I would just say kind of across evangelicalism of anti-Easter, anti-Christmas sentiment. Anti-Halloween has been around for a long time. But anti-Christmas, anti-Easter sentiment. And so that is why we are doing this today. We all understand that Amazon makes a killing at Christmas time, this time of year. This is going to be releasing, I think, like second week of December. So mm. you are in the spirit or you are anti or communicate that spirit. Yeah, or you're broke. Um, <laughs> From Black Friday, probably, where they made another killing. You got Mariah Carey going. You That's had her true. going since November. Since Thanksgiving Christmas. All I ended. want for Christmas is you. Got oh, Justin man. Bieber. No, our, and, the, and the Macy's Day Parade Our happens. tree goes up November 1st. Him. Oh, my so, gosh. Sorry. Oh, my um, gosh. You've been in the department stores. You've been on Amazon searching their greatest deals. You've survived Black Friday at this point. Stockings are hung by the chimney with care. Matching pajamas are handed out everywhere. That wasn't even supposed to rhyme, but I'm just making it rhyme. Uh, (laughs) The sights and sounds of Christmas are all around. And for Christians, though, and it really is a serious question because we should pattern our lives according to Scripture and according to Christ. Christmas should be about celebrating the birth of our Savior, if we celebrate it all. Uh, Is that what it's really about? And what about the pagan roots that kick this Hallmark holiday off as well as like we've attested to this consumeristic culture? So the question today, should Christians, and we're going to try as Mm. Christmas lovers, answer the question, should Christians celebrate Christmas? And we're going to do it in 28 minutes. Yes. Let's go. First question, was Christmas time really around the time of the birth of Jesus? No. Okay. We don't know. We don't know. Dress this first. Probably the, not. Yeah. The most reputable scholars of history, both on the conservative side and liberal side, put his his birth sometime in early April or late March. Okay. I've heard May from some of them, but probably in the yeah. spring. Right? The yeah. Most likely. I mean, this, look, just so we're all clear. The snow was still falling and the night air was still crisp in March and May or April. Um, so it doesn't have what? to. Di- it doesn't have, I'm joking. Uh, it doesn't <laughs> have to disrupt your, n- your nativity scene with the snow. Can like- we get a weather report on <laughs> yeah, Bethlehem, thank you. please? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So then, did Jesus die around April? Do we, we know, know when that? Jesus died? Yeah. Okay. He, he, oh. di- he died around Passover. Okay. Well, oh yeah. Passover. Of course. Okay. So yeah. Silly. Okay. 
So what are the pagan roots of Christmas? And if Christmas isn't really around the same time as Jesus was born. Riley has this one. Yeah. So um, I really don't have much of an understanding, but, you know, there's a lot of the stuff that I saw that like Roman tradition, they were celebrating the unconquered sun and marking the returning of longer days. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people said that Christians took it from that Jesus is like the light of the world, trying to like take over the holiday and stuff like that. Yep. And there are a lot of pagan roots also with like the bells and the candles and stuff that I saw. Trees. Trees. Mm -hmm. The sun, the sky. Okay. Those Germans, you know. Ruin or everything. was it? Dude, that's, that's the issue is, in all seriousness, there's a lot of speculation that's and drawn assumptions the from the, the, the origins of Christmas. Um, what we do know is that Saturnalia was right there at the end, like kind of the last or middle two weeks of December. This was a worship of um, one of the premier gods, and that was from Roman culture. And then you had, what was his name, Mythios, or what was that sun god? That was his, his day was December 25th. You can look this up. Sure. The sun god, his day was December 25th. I forget his name, right? Off the top of my head. And so that was, Saturnalia was extremely prevalent, mixed with the pagan roots of the winter solstice. And this is the darkest days of the year. And so we want to bring in light. We want to celebrate that there will be light again. So there was all these pagan Roman influences and so what Christians did, which is very interesting because well, I, you, I would you've, you've also okay. got to bring in the Germanic influence from Yule or Yuletide. Sure. It is debated which one came first, Saturnalia or the Yuletide ceremonies. And it's also debated even, Danny if, knows the, the answer to that. even if the Christians got that first, it, no one knows which one was really first. Mm -hmm. The sun god was Mithra or Mitra? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. I just Googled it. <laughs> M-Y, right? Anyway. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, this is how Christians, not just in the last 50 years, when we try to determine for ourselves how to function as believers, we look first to the scriptures and the example of Christ. And then we look at the historic church secondarily, because we want to kind of be in, in conjunction with how the church is celebrated. So since the third, fourth centuries, what the church has done, I would argue even before that, is they've taken festivals and holidays, times where people are together and rejoicing already. Like, so you take Halloween as an example. People are out of their homes. Times They're are out, prevalent in their culture. Out on the streets. There's nothing we can do. We're not, no matter how much preaching we do, right. people are not going to stop celebrating Halloween. So what we do then without compromise is we engage the culture and redeem the holiday Amen. to make it what it should be Amen. instead of what the culture, that's what the church historically has done. This groundswell that's very modern of, no, we reject all this. That's extremely modern. Mm. Um, or you find that in very small pockets throughout Christianity. So in the third and fourth century, they took Saturnalia, they took Yuletide, they took winter solstice, they took the worship of Myth Mithras, Mithras, yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> the sun god. And that, that's literally why Christians go, people are celebrating a false drought on December 25th. Let's redeem this and worship the true God mm -hmm. and his advent into the world to bring light into yeah. the ultimate darkness at Christmas time. And I am, for one, I'm glad that they did. Now, that's yeah. not to say that Constantine didn't have a lot of like issues around the time that Christmas, you know, like that he didn't have a lot of selfish intents or manipulative tendencies to control. But at the end of the day, Christians around this time period in the fourth century are going, let's, let's utilize this day when people are celebrating to point them to what we should truly be celebrating. Yeah. Let's utilize this time when people are weary of the darkness, seasonal darkness, and are celebrating the seasonal light that will come in the spring to point them to the perpetual eternal darkness 
and the light of the world that has come in. That's what Christians beautifully have always been doing. And that's what we would argue they should still do. But that's how we got the December 25th Christmas day, even though Jesus was not historically by almost all accounts born on in December, but that's how we kind of arrived up on this, that December 25th is Christmas day is the advent, the first advent of Christ and light of the world entering the darkness, you know, to me, it's really beautiful. And yeah, we've, we've got to kind of follow suit on this. If, if we're going to take the bent where we're going to reject something because of its pagan origins, do you still call Thursday, Thursday, even though that's Thor's day? Uh, do or you, let's be honest. Can you even utilize Facebook and Instagram? Right. Honestly, let's be real honest because a lot of the people who are so out against Christmas or Easter or whatever yeah. are doing so from the platforms right. that clearly from the creators that are still alive today mm-hmm. are saying these have ungodly, anti-Christian, pagan roots, occultic roots even. Yeah. Yeah. These, these social media platforms that we have no problem utilizing that sure. to spread our vitriol toward the holidays Toward because that. of yeah. their pagan roots. Right. We have to be consistent. Christians aren't consistent. Right. So if you're going to be consistent, I hate Christmas. Sorry, I'm not trying to be like harsh. You got to have new Christmas. You new said names this was going to be weekdays. a fun. This is have, fun. This you is have fun. New names for all the planets because they were yeah. Neptune, Jupiter, yeah. Saturn. They're all named after gods. Dude, I, th- I think I'll, some of the people who reject Christmas don't believe in the planets. <laughs> flat Earth. This Earth is flat. Can flat we name, can we rename them like what are you talking about? Florida and like. Yeah, right. Sorry, Merry Christmas. Okay. Say, but do, it kind of feels like cancel culture, right? Like cancel culture in like another form almost. Like they're trying to cancel mm. a holiday. Yeah. I mean, because it's yeah. a lot easier to cancel something and just be like, we're done with this. We're not going to do anything than like walking the line of culture. We've said this with so many things on the podcast. Yeah. It is always easier to yeah. fully engage yeah. in all that Christmas has become or to fully reject it. Yeah. The, the difficulty, which has always though been historic Christianity, is to walk in the nuance of what can we redeem? Mm. What do we have to reject? Like that's with everything, with all the liberties in life, with all the holidays, with Instagram, with social media, with, right. with everything else. What can we redeem here? And what must we reject? And if you, and I want to be very fair, if you personally come to a conviction, I cannot celebrate Christmas because, or Halloween or Easter or use social media or whatever it is and all of this stuff, then I respect it. And I want to say for you, if that's your conviction, don't do it. Like don't compromise your conviction. But to to universally apply that conviction to everyone yeah. is extremely dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So is the consumerist mindset of Christmas in the United States enough to guard your family from the holiday? So moving past the pagan origins, since we're trying to go fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, we talk yeah, about yeah, the pagan yeah, yeah. origins. <laughs> Riley, you have an answer for this one? Could you restate the question? <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. Yeah, I'm trying. The, the question is just, with all the consumerism we see, mm-hmm. billions and billions of dollars spent, um, people running to and fro like that movie Four Christmases where they're all over the place mm-hmm. and like they can't enjoy it at all and they're not resting. And even Christians, they're forgetting to remember this, the reason for the season. Just watch Elf. Like, so with, yeah, with that, with all of that frantic consumerism going on, is that reason enough just to say we're not going to celebrate Christmas? I feel like in even just like in a day to day life, I feel like Christmas kind of highlights like, oh, there's a lot of buying happening because we're giving presents. But I know plenty of people my age, at least, who like don't even realize it. And they're falling into like big consumerism and just buying stuff like in day to day life. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, is Christmas just yeah. like highlighting it? And you're like, try- yeah, is it any different? <laughs> you're just trying to find like a reason not to no, point, have a reason participate to do it. In it. Yeah, well, once, like, once again, the consistency <laughs> yeah. is I don't feel so bad for. about it because right. it's Christmas. Well, I mean, <laughs> if, if you if you come to that conclusion for Christmas. Yeah. 
You need to apply that conviction, I would say, across everything because we live in this world that is extremely consumeristic. Every holiday, St. Patty's Day, Cinco de Mayo, July 4th, everything is about spending a lot of money and forgetting what true freedom is on the 4th or forgetting the reason for St. Patty's Day or whatever it is. Sure. Like thanking God for a new year on New Year's. It's it's become a drunken excuse to celebrate it how the world would celebrate it. And so once again, I would say that's not a good enough excuse universally at all because the world will always do that and we cannot avoid every entanglement. We have to confront these things and kind of work through the nuance of them. You were just saying with like, it's either all in or all out. Like, I feel like with like the consumer mindset where it's like, you don't have to go out and spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on presents, but you don't have to completely not give presents at all. Like, I feel like there's like a way where you could, you know, buy your kids some good presents. Or giving the presents, and I'm not being hokey, we remind our children that we are conduits of God's gifts to them mm-hmm. because he has given us the greatest Amen. gifts. Mm-hmm. Like Amen. that's that's what it means to redeem this and make it what it should be. We do that be. at yeah. our house. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like we should do that. But perhaps we can answer this question in a different way. Instead of just throwing up everyone un, un, under the bus who might disagree with us, even though they're wrong. It's under the sleigh. Even right? Though they're wrong. <laughs> um, under the sleigh, under the Father Christmas sleigh with presents for the for the Pevensies. Um the consumerism can be so rampant. And I do even think that pagan roots can be so rampant in some minds and hearts that you might adjust how you do Christmas for your own family. You might not do a Christmas tree if you have worked very carefully through Jeremiah 10, verse 1 to 4, and found out that this just might be the text that argues against taking a tree down and carving it for your own idolatrous purposes and things like this. Um, you might not want to go rack up the credit card if you're very convicted about how you use money, things like this. But it's the easy way to see this black and white. It takes maturity and time to think through the gray in a lot of these issues and to work through it and find practices that go along with your own convictions while you don't impose those convictions onto other people in a Romans 14 type manner. Because Paul would encourage us if you're so convinced, let let everyone be so convinced in their own mind, right? Even though some of those people might be farther from the truth and others are farther from maturity than others, they should still be convinced in your own mind. And if you can't do it in faith, you shouldn't do it. Don't have the tree if you can't do it in faith. We're not, I'm, 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 I'm not going to die on that hill. You ought to have a Christmas tree. I think maturity looks like, fine, put it up. We have seven. <laughs> you have seven or seven, 17. Seems um, a little excessive. <laughs> are you judging me right now? Are you I have eight Christmas trees, actually. <laughs> Scrooge? <laughs> That's awesome. All, all I'm saying is there is reason enough to back off some of these things, I think, and do it in a way that, you're, that makes sense for your family and how you want to parent your kids to make Jesus prominent instead of stuff. Mm. I, and I think people who don't like this, who hate Christmas and byproduct might despise us right now. Like we've probably turned you off already, but if you're still listening or you're still watching... In all seriousness, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I think I think there has to be care shown, right, right, to with our families, mm-hmm. with friends, with our churches. Of wow, so we put up Christmas trees here. We have every Christmas at Building Twenty Eight. We sing. Yeah, Christmas we have one in our church too. Carols and songs too. So we really celebrate Advent, which is the which is the historic yeah, the holiday too. season yeah. of remembering that because He came once, He will come again, and so. Uh, and we light the candles of Advent and we do the Advent readings here. And it all culminates on Christmas Eve or this year, 
on Christmas Day. Uh, for those people who think we should do that, we're gonna uh, get to that. <laughs> yes, we'll get to this. Um, but no, mm. I think I think in in seriousness, these are legitimate questions asked because even if you celebrate Christmas, like probably most people who come to Building Twenty Eight or Sunrise or listen to our show would. Like, are we celebrating in the best way? Are we showing care and caution and true conviction in not fully? Because the the tenor right now could be like, we're basically like somebody could take our kind of the tone of this podcast and be like, they're just saying, just do whatever. And, and we're not when it comes no. to Christmas. We're saying exercise caution. We're, we're just in a joyful, yeah. you know, Noel type mood. Yeah. yeah so. And the way that the world celebrates Christmas is not the way that we should celebrate Christmas. Right. Like, we're not saying right. that either. Mm. But we're saying that there are also some some good and fun things that we could yeah. do too. <laughs> no fun. There's no fun yeah. around here. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask. So we've talked about pagan origins. We've talked about consumerism. Do you think there's like a problem with idolizing like the family time of the Christmas season over maybe Christ's birth? Like, do you think that is a problem as well? Like, maybe you're not convicted about the origins. Maybe you're not spending so much money and being super materialistic mm. and making that an idol, but maybe you're like, it's all about family. Like you're, Jesus is in the background. You know what I mean? Like it's just. Definitely families in the suburbs, especially in Christianity, can become an idol. Mm. This really good gift of God. So like Paul says in Ephesians 5, 25, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church, which means that a godly husband can never love their wife too much, but they can still love their wife out of proper order. Amen. They can By love their in her before Christ. Like, like we'll, we'll never love our wives more than Jesus or as much as Jesus right. loved the church. So right. that's an unattainable aspiration that he's directing our minds to. That's what we shoot toward. At the same time, we can still love our wives more than we love Jesus. Right. Because we don't love Jesus like we should love him. Mm. Uh, we can love our children, our families. And so the problem, I would just say the problem is not ever that we love our wives, our husbands, our families too much is that we love to Jesus too little. Yeah. And, yeah. and he becomes marginalized mm -hmm. because we don't love him like we should. Right. And, and so the greatest way we can love our families is to have them in church in the mm -hmm. Christmas season, to mm -hmm. have them in home group, to just read scripture with them, to pray with them, to read good books with them. Like we can read the lost reindeer. And then we can also read about uh, the, these books that point to the reality of Christ being the greatest gift and the yeah. light of the world. And um, and so we don't have to eliminate the, look, I would even say we don't need to make a dichotomy between having fun and joy and Jesus. Jesus is the greatest fun, the greatest joy Satan for us. Satan does not have the capital on Satan does pleasure. not have any mm. capital. Right. Which as you very astutely pointed out, Satan and Santa have the same letters. <laughs> same letters in their name. Just move one letter to the Just end here, guys. That's the, the writing's on the wall. That's the, that's, clip. that's the clip. Yeah, that's going on socials. Yeah, so I, th I think I think it's a valid point that you bring up that we, because that's happening all the time, the yeah. worship of our children. Like, children are idolized in the church. I mean, it's all about children's ministry. And too many parents go into a lot of debt at Christmas for this very reason. And yeah. Just, just like, it's just all way about too much. My, how, what my children want. And, that's, yeah. and it shouldn't be like that. We should be good parents. We should be loving right. parents, clearly sacrificial right. parents, but ultimately gospel-centered where we're pointing our mm -hmm. kids to what mm. Christmas is, is truly all about yeah. and not allowing them to dictate everything we're going to do and become idols hmm. that replace Christ. Should you tell your kids that Santa's real? Is that lying? We don't do Santa in our family. We have every tag of every gift 
has the name of the person who actually gave the gift, whether it's us, whether it's in-laws, or whether it's someone else in the room who's giving a gift to the other. But we do not also, we also do put one very positive aspect in, into this. We tell the story of the real St. Nicholas who punched the heretic Arius at the Council of Nicaea right at the start, was held in prison for the whole council, then didn't get to contribute. Good job, St. Nicholas. Uh, but he did live a life of generosity toward children, and he would give gifts in socks that they would then hang up over the oh. mantle, which is where stockings come from and things like this. So we tell the story of St. Nicholas and that people have fun during this time of year, just like on Halloween or Reformation Day. We like to dress up and put costumes on and eat a lot of candy. People like to dress up like Santa or Father Christmas and give gifts to one another. Uh, but we also tell them, this is what our family does. It doesn't mean that other families who do these things and write Santa on the tags are wrong and don't ruin this for those kids. Let their parents deal with this in time and things like this. So you're not the one going around saying, Santa's not real, Santa's not real. <laughs> so that's what we do in our family about hmm. it. Sweet. I don't know. I feel like I maybe shouldn't say anything here. It's a podcast. It's odd. You have to say something. Um, Everyone knows what you're going to say anyway. So I see reality. We've talked about this. I see reality and truth as a cascading pyramid. And there's ultimate reality, absolute reality at the top. That would be Christ, God, salvation, the Bible at the top. And then experiential realities, when they contradict a higher reality. This is a whole different podcast. When they contradict a higher reality, they're, yeah, they're, pro they're, prob they're problematic. So for example, science is on that pyramid. For, for example, science sure, sure, and sure. where scientific theory would lead us. But if that scientific theory would lead someone to contradict a higher reality, the yeah, reality of God's creator yeah. is false. Wrong. So I think that just because something exists in our mind, Harry Potter, Dumbledore says them in book mm. seven, just because it's in your mind does not mean it's not true. Yeah. And so I think that, I think that we talked about this with fantasy and imagination that there's a deep and beautiful reality to these things. They yeah. speak of very tangible realities Amen. in the world. And I think Santa would be included in that um, yeah. as we're supposed to understand him. And so for well, me- that's what Father Christmas- For me to say to my kids that Santa's real, like, I can say that with, I honestly can say that with conviction because in so many ways, there is a reality to Santa that- and, and look, and this goes for so many things. Another podcast, we'll do it on season well, four. We've said it before, the pastor and Narnia is real. Narnia is real. Yeah. I check wardrobe doors, <laughs> right? As I don't, everyone because I don't, I don't think it's real in the same way that we would <laughs> typically in the West define real. Real. Right, right. But so there is something to be said for that. The magic, the fantasy, the engagement of that. And I have, I have no problem. I have no problem with parents saying, I can't wrap my mind around that. Or right. I think it's right. lying to my kids, so I can't yeah. do that. I have absolutely no problem going on record and saying that we do. We celebrate Santa. We, we utilize that. And we enjoy it. And I don't, I don't think there's a problem with that. Just like we don't tell. I don't, I've never told my children that Batman isn't real. Or that Frodo's not real. Or that Harry Potter isn't real. It's, there's a reality there. Amen. That... I think we should encourage. Yeah. Uh, C.S. Lewis says, let our children hear of battles and dragons and stuff so yeah. that they know there's when a difference. When they face them later. So, so that when they face ready. them later, they're ready for ready. that. Like there's a reality yeah. to sure. all of these stories that speak in, in intense beauty. And I think in the West, we've just become so like mm. post enlightenment. What can I see and what can I touch? That's all right. that is reality. Yeah. And that's dumb. I have no problem with you having no problem. All right. cool. <laughs> I do have a question. Yeah. So a lot of people I know that have a problem with Santa go on the merit of like, if you tell your kids about Santa, 
then they're going to believe that they do good things. They get good things like a merit-based salvation yeah. system. I'm, I have no problem with that, that minus the salvation system. Yeah. Like, like that right. we, we have, we have disciplinary measures in our families. Most hopefully you do. Like if you're a parent, hopefully, he whether you're good hopefully yeah. if you're, if mm. your child misbehaves or talks back or is disobedient, they lose certain privileges Cole. without losing. So this is, this is, <laughs> this is positional versus progressive mm -hmm. sanctification. Positional is they don't lose their status as my son or my daughter or my love for them, but they do. Maybe Spurgeon used to stay up 30 minutes later and watch a movie with dad because he yep. finished his homework without complaint and he did these things. He's not more my son because of that. Right. Right, right. And so Santa is the concept of Santa or even gift giving can be. Now, I don't think it's like you're getting no gifts this year because, you know, but mm -hmm. I think it can be. The, I don't think it's wrong for us to employ some meritorious mm -hmm. behavioral techniques when it comes, whether it's Christmas or else, meaning that, hey, if you do this, you're going to receive certain privileges or you're going to get a donut after dinner if you like do all this. And if you don't, you forfeit that. So I, I don't think that Santa, we're hopefully we're not positioning him as like a savior who's giving mm -hmm. us something more than candy or a toy in response to us being naughty or nice. M most people are probably not doing yeah. that. But I think it's a Some valid question. Yeah. Yeah. And they're wrong to do so. Yeah, certainly. Okay. So let's talk about should you go to uh, church yes! on Christmas Day? Sorry, I didn't let you answer. Ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you made me trip over my words. So we already said it. Christmas Day is on a Sunday this year. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So for us you're, at Sunrise. You're chomping at the bit. <laughs> yeah. For us at Sunrise, convictionally, Sunday's the day we gather together as the church, it's the highlight of the week where our individual worship and family worship culminates into corporate worship. And it just so happens that this huge cultural holiday is happening on a Sunday, which for us makes the gathering all the better. So I know other congregations don't do this. I'm not there convictionally. I, I would even have the belief and say that I'm, I'm not going to call that sinful, but I'd say it's probably not a wise practice uh, to do that. With. Well, it's not a practice because it only happens like once every six years, but go ahead. Right. Well, it's, I, I would say it's not wise because it, in my mind, it shows that there's more being, more weight being given to a cultural holiday than the regular rhythms of the worship of the people of God. Hmm. And that this is the very reason why we celebrate this holiday Wait, anyway. You, you worship the people of God? <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> would so, you would you argue that hmm. in this Get say we right. take Christmas, say we take Christmas out of it, yeah. and we just don't have a Sunday service, right? So people that come on Thursdays to no, worship. No, Thursday's great. So Thursday's so why can't great. you just do it on a Thursday or the Saturday of Christmas Eve? Well, I'm I'm one to say we should have as many services as we possibly can. Really, I want you to go on record saying that. What about Your 11, been PM service? We should have as many services, there. as many days <laughs> of the week as we possibly can. Yeah. Seven, I mean, think. Eight, no, no, I agree with you. 19. Agree. Think, <laughs> think the first generation reformation. Yeah. Those people in those days were so biblically illiterate. They just didn't know anything. Every single day, Luther and Calvin are preaching. In our day, people are so biblically illiterate. I think if we withdraw worship, even once a week gathering, and say we're going to give room for a cultural holiday. It just it just speaks volumes about perhaps what's going on in our priorities and things like this. But I mean, if you're going to do it on a different day, great. I mean, say we're we're going to gather this here, fine. 
I want to say as many days as possible, including yeah. Sunday. So our older board, love them. They're great. We were basically split 50-50 on this. Yeah. Um, because Christmas is on Sunday. Now, I will say, I think most of us would have landed more so where you land. Mm-hmm. If we did not have two massive Christmas Eve gatherings that are evangelical Ooh. in nature. See, we talked about Saturday. this as well. Yeah. Yeah. And if we didn't have, so here at Building 28, most people who watch or listen probably know this, but we have a Thursday night service, which is the first of our three services a weekend. Mm-hmm. And we do, and I'm not saying this in jest, like when Paul says that I regard no one day as more special than another. Right. So historically, we celebrate, we celebrate typically historically on Sunday as the church because that was the day of our Lord's resurrection and that's what the church has done. But that doesn't mean that it is sin because there's not a prescription biblically to do it that way. So it doesn't mean it's sin if people celebrate on Saturday or on Thursday instead of that. Um, It's just that's the day that makes the most sense culturally. People are off work typically. It's the day that Christ rose from the dead. The Sabbath has been fulfilled. Yeah, the Sabbath has been fulfilled. There's not one day. And if you're a Sabbatarian, it's still Saturday then. It's still Saturday. So so for us here, it was for me and Jeffrey, some of our staff, we got together and talked and said – we are still going to press upon our people because so many people are out of town on Christmas as well. Come on Thursday, come to Thursday before and we're going to do a full service and we're going to mm-hmm. worship the risen Christ and, and then also come back on Saturday for Christmas one of Eve. these two Christmas Eve gatherings. Oh, okay. And then what we'll do is we'll live stream COVID style the Thursday night service on Sunday while people are opening gifts and watching in their home and hearing the gospel proclaimed in their home, whether they came Thursday night or couldn't come Thursday night or they're out of town with friends, they can still watch that, which we're going to still do. So it it got it got honestly it got shot down in our elder meeting of worshiping on Christmas Day like it was because it just didn't have enough votes to to rally past, and yet we still like because this is how we I think we're supposed to work as Christians we deferred which maybe is the whole point of this episode we deferred Jeffrey and I to our other elders who really wanted a service yeah understand we're not going to have the same amount of people here right. we're you know it's it's a day where people are I don't I don't think it would be wrong at all to prioritize time with my family as a minister who doesn't get a ton of time in my family, after an incredibly busy season, an incredibly busy weekend of preaching, preparing, leading on Thursday, mm-hmm. preaching, preparing, leading on Saturday, to then take Sunday morning and live stream, talk to my kids about the nativity, about the Christmas season, about Advent, open gifts and be together as a family and worship together as a family. If you're going to do that, I say amen and that's great. Sure. But we said, look, we'll still do one service here on Christmas Day even though we're going to still have our bigger service on Thursday night mm-hmm. and our Christmas Eve services on Saturday, because we don't, we don't want to ostracize or alienate anybody. It's always a good reason, like just to come and worship. And you're, you're right on Christmas. It's good. Yeah. But I don't think you're wrong if you don't do that. Even if you don't have a Thursday night service or Saturday, I don't think it's wrong personally. I wouldn't be comfortable with it, me, but I wouldn't apply that universally to every Christian and say, if you don't go to church right. on Christmas right. Sunday or you don't have a service at your church, that that's wrong or that's sin. Yeah, we we normally have two Sunday morning services and we normally have a huge Christmas Eve service. And we actually, similar adjustments that you guys have made, we canceled our Christmas Eve service for this year yeah. and canceled one of the Sunday mornings. So we're all coming together. You're going to be like sardines <laughs> in our tiny little room. You think you will. Room. The 12 people well, that show up on Christmas morning will be in. For sunrise, <laughs> holidays are a big deal. Yeah. Everyone comes and brings all their family. And All so the pagans up in Pastro County. It's going to be a ton yeah. of people for ones only one service yeah. on that's Sunday cool. morning. No, no, I get that. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's good too. Like I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with that. For us down here in this context, Christmas Eve is such an evangelical opportunity. Yeah, it is such a so we're going to worship like Thursday night, the Thursday before Christmas. We're going to worship as the church primarily, 
And that's what we do every Sunday. The gathering is for the church primarily. Yeah, a lot of people but, go seeker sensitive. But, but on cr- at Christmas Eve, we're not we're not going to like, you know, we don't compromise anything at all. Right. But I get to give a seven minute presentation of the gospel to people who only come. I know. On Easter Sunday or Christmas Eve. That was once me. Yeah. A creaster. Yeah. Christmas and yeah. Easter only. And then you went to a Christmas Eve service and got saved. Nope. Okay. Right. <laughs> nope. That would have been a good cap to this. That would have been a good bow yeah. on the top of the ribbon. Uh, All right, that's it. That's all we have time for today. I'm really sorry. Uh, Merry Christmas to you guys, or oh, Happy Hanukkah, or um, Happy December 25th, just another day of the year. Whatever you decide. Love you guys. Thanks for being on, Ryan. Thank you for having me on. Superpowers, Yay. thanks. It's been a great season. Indeed. Merry Christmas to you. Merry, Merry Christmas, Dan. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all our Merry fans Christmas. and friends. The, the two fans we have and all the friends <laughs> we have. And um, a Happy New Year. Yeah, we'll see you guys season four. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Out of Odds. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. Out of Odds is produced by Building 28 Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about this show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com. New episodes drop every Monday and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app.